When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, it's your girl Jessie Mae. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast special grief survival guide edition. This is episode two, shock and anger, shanger, how to deal with the interlude in between all of the stages of grief. But before we get to that, I just want to give you guys all my love for your support. Tell a friend about the podcast. Tell them to follow and subscribe to the podcast. If you yourself want to watch the video, that is available on the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Make sure to click subscribe, like all the videos you enjoy, share them with your friends. Sharing is caring, motherfuckers. This has been a wild ride. <laughs> Grief is an emotional roller coaster in every stretch of the term. So we are going to learn how to get through this together. Lots of laughs, lots of candid conversation, and I'd really, really appreciate all of your support. We also on my website, jessiemay.com forward slash store in my shop, my online store, we're doing a Black Friday special where you get a free beanie with the purchase of any hoodie. I live in hoodies. I love hoodies. I wear them every day. I hope that this is a formal attire outside of the quarantine and in COVID regulations that I can show up to things instead of wear a dress, wear a hoodie. Go to jessiemaycom forward slash store and purchase any hoodie you want. We're giving a, a discount and also a free beanie. Oh, aren't you lucky? Well, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It is very, very personal. And I think everyone can relate to loss. So while I navigate the second greatest loss of my life, I hope that you find some guidance, some help, and some humor in these upcoming special podcast episodes. So without further ado, here's me, drunk and high in a field. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal 
look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. you probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. We're here. We are here. We're doing it. It's happening. It's a true situation. Uh, I. It's my mother's birthday. And she's not here. She's dead. (laughs) Gonna be a lot of dark humor on this podcast, folks. This is a grief survival guide by yours truly. I'm a fucking pro. I'm out here at my sister's nature reserve. And I am day drinking. I'm drinking some... I got some of my favorite wine to deal with the grief. I know it's not necessarily the healthiest approach, but you know what? Fuck it. 2020. Am I right? My R Daily Cab organic favorite wine. If you're somebody who's unfortunately like me developed wine sensitivities for some fucking reason. Thanks. Thanks a lot, universe. Just when I need you. Just when I need you, you take it away. But luckily I've got my organic wine and my cute little, I don't even know if this is what you're supposed to use these Yeti coolers for, but you know what? Fuck it. This is how I roll out here in the wilderness, the grief wilderness. I am learning to cope with this grief. You know, even though I already lost a parent, it's not any easier. You think you would get some sea legs on this son of a bitch. You know, my dog's outside. Hold on. Bonnie! Oh, she's in the fucking pool area now. Oh, well, let's hope she doesn't fall in. She is now inside my sister's gated pool. Um, (laughs) what are you doing? Oh, my dogs are honestly between my wine and my dogs. They are helping me survive this experience. I have gone through grief before with my father and that was a different type of grief. You know, uh, cheers before we get into it. I don't know if you're drinking. It's like 11 a.m. Whatever. It's actually 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 Eastern Standard. So essentially, realistically and truly, this is totally totes approach. Especially if you're European, which I'm pretty sure I am. I mean, hello, my dad's family was from Sicily. So I think I'm just culturally appropriate right now. Drinking a little red wine in my sister's backyard during the day. Grief survival guide, step one. Call in resources. Liquid And cannabis alike, which I also have in my front pocket. Let me spark this thing up before we get too deep into this podcast. Before we get too deep into the grief guide, let me spark up a little J, make sure my wine doesn't fall. You know, grass is not a really great place to set something down. You guys ever realize that? Any campers out there? Try and put something on grass. You're like, oh, this will be level. There goes your freaking day wine. I've got a little, you guys know I always have a roach. Look at this little sad-ass roach. Got a little roach to spark up. Little dubs. Little uh, liquid. And here we go. Mm. 
Well, it's good once it hits your lips. Remember before when I was like, exercise, get good sleep, and now I'm drinking wine and smoking pot at noon? <laughs> That's not real. I don't know what the fuck is. Look, I'm not trying to act like I have a handle on this grief. I'm just telling you I'm going to document how I handle the grief. And right now, nature's helping me handle it. Let me get my dog. Hold on. Bonnie! Sorry if I'm screaming in your ear. Probably should have locked the dog up before I decided to come out and do this podcast. You know, I don't always I don't always plan things appropriately. Hey, Bun! The good thing is that she's a needy bitch and she won't go too far. There goes my Yeti tipping over. Gonna lose the wine, you guys. Don't lose the weed and the wine. Okay. Point being, since I don't claim to be a pro, I don't claim to have it all figured out. No one does. That's the reality. None of us have this figured out. Even just life. Just living. The grief of existence, no one has figured out. And then you toss in some, some real grief. Well, good fucking luck. Real grief, which there, there are many books and guides and graphs and articles and I'm sure groups. The amount of support is... It's just immeasurable that you can get. But there truly is, none of it can really prepare for your own individualized emotions and your relationship. It's so complex. Grief is so complex and it's so individual. It's an individualized experience. Because sure, what what grief may work for one person may not work for another because maybe they had a shitty relationship with their parent. I had an amazing relationship with my mom and my dad. I don't want to spill this Yeti. I'm really... Hold on. Okay. So I'm sure the grief for somebody who enjoyed their parents and had love with their parents versus somebody who didn't and had a toxic relationship with their parents is a totally different process. But for me, you know, I lost... I lost people who loved me, people who supported me, people who were my biggest fans. And so trying to navigate that has got to be different for somebody who has parents who are shitty. I joked that it must be easier for people who have shitty parents to grieve them. But Arden um, Marine, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you know, she mentioned her tumultuous relationship with her father. She said it was a little bit more difficult versus her mother. So who knows? Who knows? That's the whole point. It's to document all the emotions that I'm feeling and it'll hopefully help somebody. I've been getting so many emails, text messages, DMs, what what have you about people reaching out and telling me how much this is helping them. And this this like I said before, you know, this obviously I want it to help me, but it needs to help other people for it to make sense and for it to matter I'm all about the contribution I look like a pile of laundry I wish you guys could see (laughs) that's why I hate podcast videos do I have to do video can't I just do audio I'm in my my favorite new sweatpants suit that my uh dispensary partner shout out Papa Bear Travis Turner um he purchased this for me because he's just a loving man him and his wife they took me under their wing one day and took me shopping like I was an orphan Annie 
but he got me an aviator nation aviator nation two-piece hello who's a fancy bitch i am i are where's the dog bunny come here come on you want to come on the podcast oh god she's gonna knock over the whole set come on I have the the most amazing support, the most amazing support system. And I haven't gotten back to everybody. I know there are very close friends I haven't gotten back to and not so close friends and some people I don't even know that I've returned messages to. That's the other thing. There's no rhyme or reason to responding to people's messages. The one thing I've learned the most, and I mentioned this before, is it's not my responsibility to manage anybody else's grief in this scenario other than my own. And if I respond to a fan, but not a family member, that's just, (laughs) that's just how I'm dealing. It's how I'm dealing, which is, which brings me to my next thought. How am I dealing? You know, there are the stages of grief. Let me Google them. I can't remember them because being in them makes it very difficult to remember fucking anything. Let me tell you that much. When you're going through something like this, my brain, I I don't have the capacity for anything outside of just eating toast and drinking wine and tequila and smoking weed. I am truly inside a globe of grief. It feels like a snow globe of grief, except it's not like this cute little idyllic wintry scene with like Santa Claus and reindeers actually it is all all the idyllic symbols and archetypes of Christmas are inside of this goal of this gold globe of grief but my mom and dad are gone (laughs) so I'm basically an orphan in this Christmas wonderland so um the stages of grief I've I butchered before and I butcher them every single time but according to like the 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 specific grief model, the Kubler Ross model, which let's be real, okay, there's a model. It doesn't mean that it's that's the way it is. These emotions are are what are the most documented according to trials and studies for you know I think this this is like a hundred years old or something. This Kubler Ross guide. Let's see. Uh, 1969 okay so I don't even fucking know it's not even that old so so let's be realistic like these are just it's just a guideline it's not like how it actually goes and that's what I'm learning about now is that last week I was in a pure state of shock shock denial to be one of the first stages and then anger bargaining depression and acceptance so there's variations of those and I feel like I was here just talking about my dad's passing like a year ago (laughs) wasn't I wasn't this just yesterday that I was here probably a different outfit but wasn't I just here talking about what happened with my dad and here I am again and now I'm a fucking orphan and I I literally look like orphan Annie with that didn't she have like that cute little dog so that so accordingly according to Kubler-Ross um denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance I feel like I've already been through all of them and um and you definitely experience, well, for me, I experienced all of them within the first 24 hours. Um, but briefly, you know, just sort of like a Rolodex, like my brain was like, okay, denial, check, anger, check. Um, uh, what is it? Bargaining, check. Uh, uh, depression, check. Acceptance, check. And now, you know, I don't, 
a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, because it's been two weeks. This is the second week since my mother has passed. It's her birthday. She would have been 73. She passed on Friday the 13th, which is just so, so cruel. <laughs> it's just so like her to be like, I'm going to go on Friday the 13th. Seems, seems timely. It's been two weeks since she's passed. And for the first two weeks... I should say the first week because I, it took me a week to travel from L.A. to upstate New York. It took me that long just to get here, which I'm really glad I did. For me, having the space alone with my dogs, I didn't go with another soul. I was staying in Airbnbs that were way off the grid. A couple didn't have Wi-Fi. You guys know if you follow me, you know I like to be out in nature and kind of turn off, if you will you know, shut it off or get off the grid. I took a week. And for me, that really helped having some personal space in between going to see my family right away gave me some time to process the emotions, you know, the emotion of shock, which seems like a a dichotomy to call shock an emotion because essentially it's nothing. It is the anti-emotion. And probably... And according to a lot of studies, it is survival, your brain's way of protection, your brain's way of sort of shielding you from the blow that will come. It just won't be as hard, but then it'll be really hard, but then it won't be as hard. It's basically like being in the ring with, you know, Muhammad Ali during his heyday and you're a rookie boxer and but you have a lot of energy and you have a lot of, you know, pizzazz because you're young, but you get up and then you get knocked back down and then you get up and you get knocked back down (laughs) and then you kind of like dance around the ring. You're like, Oh, I got this. This is easy. And then he hits you with like an uppercut and you're laid out for a week. That's what it's like to be in grief. So there's a couple analogies going on. There's the the globe of grief with the winter wonderland where I'm an orphan with my sister. So we're, you know, two orphans and we're older, so we're never going to get fucking adopted. Let's be real. And then there's the other scenario where it's just you in a ring with a just champion boxer. I don't know if, if Muhammad Ali was a heavyweight. I'm sorry. I can't keep up with all of the details, but he was a very fancy and very successful boxer person. So I know that analogy holds up. (laughs) So the first week alone, it gave me time to sort of be in it. And so often we're so afraid to be in it that we pile on distraction, whatever that is, your cell phone, your responsibilities, shopping, um, movies and TVs, whatever those distract. It's just a pile of distractions that prevent you from being. And those happen in regular life. Aside from going through grief, we distract ourselves. We don't know how to be with ourselves. We don't know how to connect with our self. We feed our ego more than we feed our soul. And when it comes to serious hardships like grieving, if you've been feeding your ego this entire time, you might have a difficulty trying to heal your soul. Forget trying to heal it, just to connect with it. But I have spent many years, a lot of money and time, 
and blood, sweat, and tears talking to myself instead of feeding my ego. And I didn't realize how hungry myself was. (laughs) She was starving. Our ego is usually, our ego is constantly in, in, is constantly hunger, hungry and completely insatiable. For me, at this point in my life, my ego just, it's like, it's like it's got a tapeworm and, I, and you feed it and you feed it and you feed it and it's never full. So I had to put that, I had to shelve it. I had to shelve the ego so that I could start to tend to myself. And once you start to do that, you're able to be a little bit more present in these hard, difficult times. Again, I have not mastered grief. I can't control how I feel from one day to the next. I can only tell you what I've done and what works for me and where I'm at. I will tell you yesterday was Thanksgiving. Brutal day. I thought, you know, I'll be able to handle this. Well, let me, well, let me, I'll get to Thanksgiving. So the week alone, it really gave me time to just sort of sit in my pain and grief. You know, I, I rented this really great cabin in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Like it's, it, it smelled like cow. It smelled like pure methane. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever have a burger again. Cut to me ordering a steak that night. Sorry, vegans. It it was the most delicious steak I've ever had in my life. And my mom's dead. So essentially, you know, you know, I'm sure there's some vegans out there who drink the blood of Christ. Hello. I'm, I've got him in a Yeti right now. Uh, I just ate the blood of a beast and my mom is dead. So I feel like I can have that. Thank you. I, I was in this really cute little town outside of Air, Nebraska. And I stopped at this. I, I was like, I need a fucking steak. <laughs> you know, you just, oh, I had a hank. I was like, I just want a fucking steak. I had a hankering for a steak. Found this cute little place. I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes afterwards. I'll Google it great little restaurant. There was like 10 people in there. It felt like cheers. They all knew each other. They were all yelling at each other. Um, I did wait. I did write some notes down from that experience because I wanted to share it with you guys. I couldn't believe like what was going on in this fucking, (laughs) I felt like completely like a crazy person sitting in this bar with all of these people who one had a huge cowboy hat on and another one had his belly was just the largest thing I've ever seen uh I said Nebraska the type of place you can hear change coming from the register (laughs) this 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 restaurant you could hear the, the the bartender dispersing change I'm like who gives change at a fucking bar what are we doing like your beer was 673 who's who's the asshole I wrote the TVs are all on wheel of fortune with the sound full blast. A guy gets up to leave and the entire bar says, bye, Eric. (laughs) The whole bar is talking to one another. Oh, I can't believe I wrote this shit. A woman with a chaotically styled blunt haircut is killing the wheel of fortune game. revived me 
you know, that's why sometimes if you're such a strict person with your diet, maybe you should go off it because it, it'll help you end up in, in a restaurant and a bar with just the most colorful people you could ever imagine in your life who are just, couldn't be anywhere else but Air Nebraska. So I, so I said a woman with a chaotically styled blunt haircut is killing the Wheel of Fortune game. This bitch was killing it. And her haircut, it looked like she got it off of a shelf in a store called Karen for Karens. <laughs> Hair for Karens. Karen. <laughs> and the next note is, I can't even read this. An obese local. An obese local, not even an obese local man, which what he was, that's what he was. I called him an obese local. Oh God, I can't, am I going to put this on the podcast? An obese local is checking everyone's temperature, a constant 99.5 to which he always says, you're dead. (laughs) This guy had like a travel thermometer, like the head thermometer that everybody's checking, which like, let's be real. Is it really doing anything? Oh, God. Sometimes I run hot. I'm a Sicilian. It doesn't mean I have COVID. He's checking everyone's temperature. And he checked mine. He's like, you're dead. He checked the whole restaurants. Everyone's dead. Oh, my God. So the one thing that killed me is one of the locals, it was his birthday. And everybody said, happy birthday, Billy. And one of the guys, you know, down at the end of the bar had like one of those huge, hard, off-white like classic cowboy hats it looks like if you threw it against a wall it would smash you ever see those ones that look so hard you're like is that made out of ceramic sir why why do you look like (laughs) why do you look like woody from toy story what is that fucking hat he had a huge hat on so everyone said happy birthday billy and the guy with the hat said hey how old you gonna be billy and billy said 69 and the guy with the hat said that's the first time you ever had that number (laughs) I'm so glad I kept these notes. Oh, that moment really revived me. Those people revived me. The steak revived me. It was it was like some Longhorn Steakhouse. It wasn't it wasn't a chain. I'll put it in the show notes. I really wish I could shout it out right now. Maybe I'll just look, let me just look at my Yelp and see if there's is there like a search history on your Yelp? It it just was like just one of the cutest places that I have ever been to and it was it was you know it was a mom pa shop it wasn't like a what do you call it like a chain restaurant or anything oh wait do I have no these are my preferences wait here we go you fuckers I found it Tommy's family restaurant let's see if this is right nope that's not right (laughs) sorry guys um is it the hub cafe let me see if that's it it might be the hub cafe nope oh god guys i really should just have this ready to go views (gasps) my impact nope oh don't they have any more they don't have any more like what i my activity okay let's see we got to see this nope okay i'm gonna have to look for it afterwards i probably should have wrote it down sorry guys i'm without a producer this week i that restaurant just truly <laughs> it revived me it revived me and made me feel like i can go on you know i think that's the most important thing and also the hardest thing about grief is moving on not like i'm ready to move on i haven't even gone into my mom's house since i've been home but 
It's the hardest thing to do and the healthiest thing to do, to move on. It is, I think, the single most difficult thing about life when we lose people, yet it is the most healthy thing we can do if we follow steps that don't deteriorate us from the inside out, i.e. drinking wine out of a Yeti and smoking joints in a yard at noon. Again, I am grieving. Let me do me. I am living my truth. Nancy would want me to live my truth. No pants Nance would appreciate it. I also always hear my mom in my ear telling me to keep working, to keep going, because I I haven't had energy. I got to be honest. That's why I I didn't have a podcast up this Tuesday, because I couldn't do it. I couldn't fucking do it. It was, I, 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 I evolved from shock into like anger so fast. And I think I skipped a fucking step. I feel like there's something in the middle there. Oh no, it goes right from shock and denial to anger. Um, I, but I'm not really fully in anger and I'm not fully in shock. It's like a, like a shanger. <laughs> I can just hear the guy who left that one review about me laughing at myself. And I hope he feels bad about himself, especially in this episode. <laughs> I'm in a shanger. It's like a Shangri-La feeling right now of shock and anger. It, because shock is such a strange emotion. Like I said, it's the anti-emotion and anger is the... God, anger's the bulldog emotion. Anger's like... It's got so much momentum. And... and hard placed momentum too it's like where where do I put this I can't be around toddlers (laughs) I got my sister's kids around and I'm like oh I could just toss one of them into the pool no one would notice there's two who's gonna miss one I mean I would never do that it's just feelings you know and feelings aren't real feelings aren't facts but I'm in the shanger space it's like there's these emotional limbos that exist between all of the stages of grief there's a there's one between denial and anger there's one between anger and bargaining and there's one between bargaining and uh acceptance is that right oh no oh fuck I don't I try to get to acceptance too fast it's between bargaining and depression shit and then you go from depression to acceptance god what what a haul what a haul between just right from depression then you're like I'm fine totally cool everything's fine you're like I don't want to wake up to everything ah, this is I'm not maybe you go from I don't want to wake up to I'm not gonna wake up you just accept the fact that you're not ever gonna get up look who's here come here speaking of getting up get up here chipping come on come on oh god my dogs see animals they learn how to manipulate you once you show them they don't have to do the full job They'll never do the full job ever again. So I am in this shanger and teetering back and forth. I I truly am. And as much as I say these stages of grief are fluid and it's not so black and white, I I, I can feel it. I felt myself navigate between uh, (laughs) shock and anger just this past week. I think the holiday really drove it in for me. I think, you know, having it be my first holiday without my mom, first Thanksgiving, her birthday, she's not here. I think I, I just, the shock was like, well, we got some work to do. And then I just, I didn't want to celebrate. 
But let me talk more about my road trip before we get into Thanksgiving. I I had an amazing stay. The Airbnbs, the people who ran the Airbnbs were above and beyond kind and showed me so much empathy and generosity. The place I stayed in Air, Nebraska was so beautiful. You, you guys, I, pro- I probably should put the, the links up so you can see it and go for yourselves. I'll put the links up to the restaurant. I'll show you the Airbnb. The guy told me I could stay as long as I wanted to the next day. He upgraded me to a bigger barn house, uh, farmhouse. I just said barn house. I was in a barn. Um, I slept on a barrel of hay. (laughs) Hey, that's considered an upgrade when your mom is dead. Everything's considered an upgrade when your mom is dead. He, um, He gave me an upgrade to a bigger farmhouse. I only had to inseminate a few cows, but it was worth it. You know, I got to keep the gloves as a souvenir. So I feel like it was, you know, who's the real winner here? And then I, I went from Air, Nebraska. I ended up in Iowa. Oh my God. Manti, Iowa. No, no, Manti, Utah. I was in Iowa. What was this town? It was like such a weird little town. I had never heard of it before. Oh, Kiyosakwa. I think it's the Kiyosakwa River because this farm, this this little cabin was on this river. I was so fucking scared. Here's the one thing about road trips. Make sure when you leave in the morning, you want to have enough time, first of all, for the whole trip. So give yourself some time to explore. And make sure when you land in the city you're going to be sleeping and you get there before it's dark. Okay? It will help you so much. Trust me. It gives you a little extra time. You can go get some dinner. You're not terrified that the... Sasquatch in the woods is going to come out and get you, which I was for certain and for sure that, that was going to happen. I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, cabins all the way. It'll be beautiful. I'll have my own space. I'll be in nature. I can smoke and cry and walk and hike with the dogs. That's great unless you land at night and the leaves moving. Like you literally hear earthworms scrummaging under the earth and it's just, it's terrifying. (laughs) I landed and I, it was a walk from the car to the cabin and it wasn't really put in the details that there'd be like a little bit of a just distance from the car to the door. But then again, it's like, bitch, it's a cabin. Like this shouldn't be door to door service. You have to sort of rough it a little bit. So I kind of was like freaked out that I had to walk up this I had, first of all, I had to go over a fucking bridge. I'm like, I feel like a princess. I'm like, am I a princess? And usually all the Disney princesses, like their parents are dead. So I'm like, definitely a princess, a hundred percent going to my castle, my Airbnb castle. It was pitch black. There were no lights. So I was, I got there and I was freaked out. I was genuinely terrified, even though I had Carlin, who was like 70 pounds of pure muscle and these two assholes, which equal up to like one muskrat. I was terrified and I got into the cabin And I stood there for a good 15 minutes contemplating leaving and just driving through the night because I was so scared. And then I remember having this thought to myself that my biggest fears have already come to fruition. Both my parents are gone. Now it's starting to rain. Are you fucking kidding me? Both my parents are gone. Did you know that, Bunny? That's been my biggest fear. And I know a lot of you out there, that's your biggest fear. Of course it is. 
Maybe your dad's already gone because he's an asshole. Maybe your dad's gone because your mom was the asshole. Maybe you don't have any parents because you got dealt a really shitty card at a young age. Maybe you don't want to talk to your parents because you decided to come out and they didn't understand you. What, how, how, whatever the definition of your loss is, we've all been through it. But to truly lose your parents, to have that real, that fear realized and, and, and come to fruition, I have to tell you, as painful as it is, as scary and lonely and humbling and whatever whatever else you could think of there is a freedom in it there's a release in it having your fears realized you realize they aren't that scary and they weren't to begin with it was just the fear of the fear that keeps it fueled all along. And the one thing I can say is if your parents are still with you or whoever in your life that you love, don't, instead of focusing on being afraid of losing them, celebrate what you love about them that you still can enjoy. Celebrate it. Just experience it exploit it, whatever you can do, reap every fucking moment. But the fear of it isn't as bad as the reality. And I'm not saying it's not painful, but I am here in this leopard print (laughs) camping chair that I've had for like 15 years. My very fancy Aviator Nation coordinate sweatpant outfit, tie-dye, you're welcome. My day wine and my Yeti. And I am I'm okay, and I'm not okay, and I'm okay with that. I said that to myself one day. I I should probably put it on a fucking coffee mug or something. I'm okay, and I'm not okay, and I'm okay with that. Because people always ask me, are you okay? No, and yes, but no, but it's fine. I think this process has been very difficult already because... I honestly thought she was going to make it. With my dad, I said in the beginning it was different. The grieving was different because we had to grieve him while he was still alive. We lost pieces of him every single day. We saw him slip away slowly and slowly and slowly until he was a a chrysalis of himself. And the only thing that would emerge from him wouldn't be this beautiful butterfly. It would be him passing on into another life, which could essentially be a butterfly. We just saw him deteriorate. But again, that is our experience of death. We think it's a deterioration because it's, in our minds, a departure from our physical life. But it could be a a rebirth into something else. Maybe chrysalis was a good analogy or, or way to describe it. Maybe it is a rebirth. Maybe we do become fucking butterflies. I don't want to be a butterfly. I feel like they don't live as long. I want to be like a horse. You know, like a wild horse. Then every time some dude would try to ride me, I'd play hard to get still. Like, no, 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 you can't get this. Uh-uh. You going to raw? You going to bareback it? What? Um, I just felt like, <laughs> who did I? I just felt like <laughs> Michelle Buteau there. 
<laughs> she's a really hilarious comedian. Um, I think that our connection and our idea of what this life is and where it goes is so lost in our fear of losing it that we don't even consider that it could be a rebirth. We don't know. I I used to joke about death and I'd ask the room, who's afraid of dying? Everyone would raise their hands and I would be like, all right, has one person experienced it? No. It's the thing we fear the most yet we can't experience it. So it's already an irrational fear. But losing them was my greatest fear. But maybe to the point of this physical loss, maybe it's not a loss. It's a transformation of love. Their love has to get reimagined through my eyes and through my life and my experience and how I live outwardly to other people. Their love can still be manifested through me and my sister. Man, that was some pretty good weed, huh? No, I'm just smart. (laughs) I'm a deep bitch. I think it is a loss in the sense that they're gone physically, but it is a gain if you allow it to be a gain. You can find ways to still feel connected to them. And I remember talking, I was texting with Whitney when my mom was sick, Whitney Cummings. And I said, you know, I just feel like my heart is completely fucking broken. And she just said, make sure it breaks open. And I think about that a lot. That you have the choice to allow your heart to break in or break out, break down or break open. And essentially one can't exist without the other. You guys know my dope life coach, Brett Costin, my therapist. There is no breakthrough without a breakdown. And because I know that and I've experienced that firsthand, I'm sitting in this fucking grief, in this chair, in this sweatpants suit with these dogs on my lap, with this wine in my belly, in my nature reserve, and I'm sitting in it. Don't want to do this fucking podcast, but I do because I know it's my contribution. I know that somewhere, someone fucking needs this more than anything. And that someone is me. (laughs) Let's be real. That someone is definitely me. I wouldn't be able to do this without the support that you guys have given. I have to be honest, I felt a little tinge of... I don't know what the emotion was. Maybe not jealousy. I'm not really a jealous person, but I got here to my sister's house and she had all these amazing cards. I feel so fortunate that she's had the support that she's had. So many cards from family members and my mom's friends. A majority of them addressed to her and not me. And I know I don't live here, but... I guess hurt would be the emotion. But maybe because I'm still struggling with the connection to my mom and I want them to know that I'm still connected to my mom and I want them to know that because I want to feel that for myself. I don't need that. Maybe she got extra love. Maybe it just meant that my sister got extra love from them. 
by omitting my name. And they poured it deeper into her because she needed it. But I still felt like, damn, I'm still her daughter. I'm a person. I fucking hurt. Put my name on the card, Dory. (laughs) No, actually, my mom's friend Dory sent me a card myself. But so many emotions come up that you don't even realize you had. Shanger. It's a new one. Shocked and angry. I still haven't been to my mom's house. The house that I go to and stay at when I come home. I normally don't stay at my sister's. I stay at my mom's house in my old bedroom. Have not been there since last year when my mom was still alive. It's pretty fucked up. I didn't stay there when my mom was sick in the hospital. And I haven't been able to go back because I'm fucking afraid. (laughs) But I, I miss her. And she's there. You know, so much of her is in that house. Her smell is still there. My my mom's smell is everywhere in that house and her touches are everywhere. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of feeling a little bit. But I also miss her. I, I want to be connected to her. So I'm going to go over there and just allow the emotions to come. And maybe drink some of her boxed wine, put on some Stevie Nicks and dig in deep. It's funny with that viral video of that dude I forget his name the one with the cranberry ocean spray bottle of cranberry juice on his skateboard listening to to dreams that's my mom's jam that's like my mom's theme song I'm sure a lot of your mom's theme song too like if I said my mom drinks boxed wine and listens to Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac I'm sure a majority of you would be like is your mom my mom that that's my mom's jam so I might just have to go and dig in and feel those emotions and maybe maybe I'll instead of digging deeper into anger maybe I'll have some denial or acceptance maybe some bargaining maybe I'll be jumping around the Kubler-Ross fucking scale a bit you know my emotions changed coming home from being shocked while I was driving, an incomplete shock the first week, to shock and anger. Shanger. I'm in Shanger here. And I think they changed because shit got real once I got to my hometown. My mom is here. She's everywhere. She's in this wine. I'm about to drink her. Is that weird? <laughs> She's literally everywhere. And I also, you know, being here... Hanging with my sisters, I've acquired and adopted her coping mechanism of four tequilas at night. <laughs> Which fucks up your 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 vibes a little bit and your vibrations. Alcohol definitely, you just think about the word alcohol. It hauls you down. It, it, it hauls you down to the earth. And you think of marijuana, marijuana. It's like Mary and you want some. It's like this light, ethereal love plant. And alcohol is like this, hey, you want to come in my cave and cry? <laughs> it's such a fucking fine balance. Alcohol and marijuana. Even the words, they tell you what it does. You know, 
it's been hard. Her kids wake up screaming every morning and by her kids, I mean me, <laughs> it's me. So I'm, I'm drinking at night and waking up to toddlers screaming in the morning. And I'm like, my sister's in her own natural grief without even having dealt with the grief of losing our mother. She's in her own existential grief here, just being a mom of toddlers, you know? Maybe I'm annoyed being here. Maybe I just want to fucking run away back to the cabins further away from my mom so I don't have to face her ghost. And I don't even know if she's a ghost yet. Like, is there like a training course? What the fuck happens? Like, are they in a million little pieces and then they coagulate into like a ghost globule and then get sent to scare school? Like, what happens? What's the process? Somebody, guys, send me messages send me emails on what you think happens with people's souls after they pass. And I'll read my favorites on the podcast next week. Uh, Jesse may Peluso comedy at gmail.com. Send me those emails. I want to know what you think about what happens when someone dies. Do they become a ghost right away? Or is there some sort of school or maybe some folklore? What the fuck? That bird came so close. <laughs> maybe some folklore, something to cheer me up because let me tell you, Thanksgiving was hard. This whole thing has been hard. But I'm a firm believer that the most worthwhile things in life are the hardest to deal with. Children. Losing someone. College. Learning something. Not necessarily college, but learning a skill. Stand-up comedy. Most difficult career. There's like six women doing it. No, there's a handful of amazing, talented men and women doing stand-up comedy. But there's like a thousand of us that were working on the road regularly out of how many? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, I just, I think the hardest things are the ones that are most worthwhile. So I almost couldn't do it yesterday. I almost couldn't go to Thanksgiving. Just come downstairs to, to hang out with family because it wasn't my family and I say that and I bite my tongue or I regret it but it's my sister my brother-in-law's family his kids their loved ones their kids it's the first Thanksgiving where my mom and dad are both gone and my only real family is my sister if we're speaking specifically and that hurts that's a tough realization. There's loneliness in that. There's fear in that. I didn't want to fucking deal with fear and loneliness on Thanksgiving. I wanted stuffing, gravy, and greens, beans, potatoes, potatoes, whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with fear. <laughs> Bunny, what the? What are you guys doing? I didn't want to deal with fear, anger, and denial on Thanksgiving. I wanted to deal with greens, beans, potatoes, potatoes, tomatoes, turkey, slurkey, murky. I wanted to deal with all that. Wine, tequila, marijuana. I don't want shock, denial, grief, anger, acceptance, depression. <laughs> I don't want any of that. People look at me, a white girl with blonde hair, nice tits, and a bubble butt. Oh, what could she, what could she be so upset about? Suck. A giant dick. But don't do that because I'm not that type of person. But kind of do it. Just the tip for me. You know, 
it's <sighs> the book doesn't always match the cover. Is that the saying? Don't be fooled by the cover of the book because the words are different. Whatever that saying is, that's people. Everyone you meet is carrying something so heavy. There's a saying that says, you know, some people. Sure, Debbie is laughing at me right now because I always try and remember these fucking sayings. <laughs> Some people carry around something so heavy they make it look easy. And I'm sure I butchered it. Um, it's something like that. Like, just because you, you have something that you carry around that's heavy and you make it look easy doesn't mean that it's not, you know? And, and I think that laughing and, and doing a podcast is a great way to cope with it. Don't be fooled that what I'm carrying isn't exhausting and almost too much for me. So I have to carve out moments for myself and you can't feel guilty about that. You have to do what you need to do. Go hike. Have a little day wine. Smoke a joint in the backyard. Speaking of, I still got some of that, but you guys aren't going to move, are you? Cry. Try to avoid Thanksgiving. I didn't. I wanted to. I cried about four times. My sister set up a seat for my mom, a glass of wine, a little placemat for my mom. Elliot, my nephew, took a fork from my mom's setting, and I wanted to fucking scream. I wanted to scream at him, and I had to stop myself because he's just a little boy who wanted a fork for his food. Why, why wouldn't he get a fork at the fucking drawer where there's forks and spoons and knives? No, he had to go and grab Mammy's fork. Okay, fucking fine. little things like that that never would have bothered you before that you have to learn what it means where it's coming from and how to process it not manage it it's not about managing things it's about processing them because you can manage things and still hide them you can't hide them while you're processing them they have to go through the process so that's what i'm doing in my shangri-la this is what this is my shangri-la here, the wine, the weed, the dogs, and the tie-dye coordinates. This is my Shangri-La. My shock and anger law. <laughs> L-A-W. That's what this is. The grief survival guide. This is the Shangri-La. How to deal with it. Where, where, where do we go when we die? That's what I want to know. I want to know what happens. But we're not meant to know it. If we knew it, there wouldn't be so much pain associated with loss. We'd take this life for granted, just like everything else, just like our own family members right now who are still alive, just like our kids, our job, our health, just like everything that we just forget isn't owed to us. We take for granted. Where the fuck is this dog going? Is she pooping back there? Oh, she's just scooching around. If we didn't have some sort of end to this, we would totally take it for granted, take advantage of it. So don't do that. Figure out a way to be more present. Figure out a way just to be in your emotions. And don't have guilt surrounding your need to request to carve out time for yourself. That is not selfish, that is self-care. 
Because the more present you are for yourself, the more you can be for, for your loved ones. The more you can process your emotions, the less you'll react. And the more you can understand that you're not meant to understand everything, the more you'll be able to just exist and enjoy this. This moment. Where's my dog? Bunny. Oh, there she is. She's up in the weeds or the woods. Is there any weed in that wood? I should go look. There's got to be something wild, some sort of ditch weed back there, right? There had to be like a seed floating on one of these nor'easter gusts of winds up here in upstate New York. There's got to be some sort of scratch weed back there. I'm going to find it. That's what it's about. Discovery. Learn how to discover some new things. And I'm learning how to discover this new existence without my mom physically hopefully she comes and shows up somehow my dad came through on a fart machine I don't know what the equivalent for my mom would be a box of wine like I I don't know oh my god I've got I forgot I had notes of from her (laughs) in my pocket isn't that funny (laughs) I totally was like when's she gonna show up and I forgot I put her notes in my pocket because I wanted to read them to you guys my mom and I I've saved, I've saved almost every single card my mother's ever mailed to me. I've lived outside of my home for tw- almost 20 years. I moved away when I was 18. And my mother and I always wrote notes to each other. And I've kept almost every single one. And for that, I am so fucking grateful. For that, I am so fucking grateful. You know, because th- these are the little things. You realize, this is another quote. You realize that In the end, the little things were the big things. And I don't know who said that. Somebody really smart. There's another quote that I read from Joseph Campbell, who I love, who said, Find a place for joy on the inside and it will burn out the pain. And that's what joy does. Joy burns away the pain. You, you have to create a space for joy yourself. And I do that. And some people don't know how to do that. And I think specifically my sister's struggling with that. And maybe me being here will help her. And I just hope that she can find space to, to process her sadness and to also feel less pain and feel encouraged to experience some joy this is a note from my mom hi honey just a few things including a new designer turquoise pumpkin hope you like it you'll be here soon for a visit i've missed you so much there's no one to mock me around here i love you to the moon and back mommy now this purple this turquoise pumpkin she talks about in this card she sent me this pumpkin and i I don't like a lot of stuff. I'm I'm trying to be more of a minimalist in my life. And my mom loves tchotchkes. You know, her whole house has got great stuff. I can hear her rolling her eyes. I always mock her. <laughs> she loves shit. And she knows it. We've had like 17 yard sales since last year. I think I might have thrown this turquoise pumpkin out. And it's killing me because I can't look for it in my apartment because I'm gone now and I'm an upstate. And I think I tossed it because it just didn't match my life and my decor and uh, it's killing me 
it's killing me. And that's why it's important to realize the little things are the big things. I'm not saying that this pumpkin is the big thing, but it is the big thing because it's something she got me. But also realize that your relationship with loss is one of the most important relationships you can have. And the first time around, I had a really hard time with that with my dad. Losing things. There was a shirt I had of his and I fucking threw it out years ago and I was a 20-year-old and I didn't think it was cool. And I want to fucking go and punch that girl because it's something that was his and he's gone. And, and it's something that can maybe bring him back. Like that's just the irrational thought you have. It's a little thing, but it felt like a big thing. And I, I, I was so hard on myself for so long over that. And now the second time around, this turquoise pumpkin, I have to let that go. And it's a little bit easier now because I realize the value in letting things go, how much lighter I feel and how much more space I have and capacity for the moment. The more you let go of things from yesterday, the more space you have for the things today and the less you worry about tomorrow. That's all we can hope for. I hate to be cliche and say tomorrow's not guaranteed, but it's not. And I'm so fortunate that I told my mom I loved her every single time. And the last time I talked to her, I could see that she said she loved me. That's everything. Love truly is everything. And if you think otherwise, you're so gravely mistaken. Gravely, like a grave. Get it? Because my mom's dead. She's not really in a grave because... I think she's a bunch of ashes now, but you understand the point. Love is everything. And the sooner you open yourself up to it, the sooner it will set you free. Let your heart break open. Thank you, Whitney Cummings, for that. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's DM'd me this past couple weeks. I have so many messages on my phone from various people sending me love and support for what I've been going through. Um, I I can't even begin to thank all of you. I do have a couple saved here that were just so sweet. I mean, I I, I honestly am blown away by you guys. You take time to message me. It's, it's so sweet. Um, one girl, she says, this is Sarah bear. 1021. I'm so, so sorry to hear about your mom. My heart breaks for you. Sending you love to you and your family. It's like a real friend lost her mom. I'm crying for you. You have so many fans to help you get through. And that's so true. Thank you to my fans. I appreciate you guys so much. So, so sorry about your mom passing. I'm putting some high quality cannabis in the air for you tonight. Hope you feel the love from everyone you touch. That's Amanda Kircher. Um, this was a special one. This was from... Um, Danielle Higman, who I went to school with, she said, I remember Nancy strolling down the hallways at Salem Hyde, always so pretty. I knew we weren't great friends. We, we knew each other in high school. We just weren't tight, tight. Um, sometimes it's easier to talk to someone who's been through it. She lost her mom when she was 18, but she said she apologized for everything. She gave me her number to call her. I mean, you guys are so sweet to send me all these messages. Ashley Alt, First off, wanted to say how sorry I am about your mom. She's so cute, and I always enjoy when you had her on the podcast or would post a video with her. I know she's very proud of you. 
And I also wanted to write and thank you for your podcast and your other social media content because they always make me laugh and smile. I'm going through some shit right now and the one guaranteed laugh I have each week is your podcast as well as Carly's. My absolute favorite is the two of you together. Carly and I got something cooking for you guys. Don't you worry. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your sister, niece, and nephew. Safe travels back. Keep kicking ass and taking names. That is so sweet. That was from Ashley Alt. So many more messages from you guys. I'll read some more next week. But I want you to, I want to leave you with this, that no matter how hard or scary or fucking crazy an experience can seem to be, I promise you on the other side of it, you will be stronger. You will have more tools in your kit to be able to heal yourself. And you also have more tools in your kit to able to be more present. So as much as fear may be the thing that keeps you from stepping forward, remember that you will get through this. It's just a thought. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. It's just a moment. It's something to help you process. Fuck, that feelings really do feel like facts, though. I know I've said that a few times, but now I'm saying it doesn't really sound right. (laughs) Be afraid. Be very afraid. I promise you, you're going to get through. It's the only way. The only way to heal is through. So while I do have a little bit of liquid support and cannibal support, where's my, I can, now I can have a little sip here. Hold on, Chaplin, son of a bitch. One more toke from mom, huh? What the fuck is wrong with my lighter? Oh, I'm out of gas. Is that you, Mom? <sighs> I'm going to go into her house. I'm going to face my fear and realize that my fear is really just afraid of losing love. When, in fact, the love just gets transformed into something more beautiful. Something bigger. So, that's what's on the other side of fear. Love. So, I love you guys. Love yourself and do what you need to do to get through. Just make sure you go through and not around. Okay? Don't try and jip and cheat, you bastard. Love you guys. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to your mommy. Happy birthday to you. Did you know your your brain is your third eye? Well, I'll doomed. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.